Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. you're sick and don't go pushing it and making yourself worse uh, maybe you're right dad i know i'm right pal how'd you get to be so sweet they bought it well why should he get to skip school when everybody else has to go i'm taking the day off now get dressed and come on over ferris my father loves his car more than life itself man with priorities so far out of whack doesn't deserve such a fine automobile what are we going to do? The question isn't what are we going to do, the question is what aren't we going to do. He does whatever he wants. You know, as long as I've known him, everything works for him. Whatever he wants. He's very cool. And he never gets nailed. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. You realize if we play by the rules right now, we'd be in gym? <laughs> what is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas. Ferris Bueller, do you know him? Yeah, he's getting me out of summer school. They think he's a righteous dude. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we revisit the movies and TV shows of our past to see how they hold up today. I'm Jay McNabb, joined as always by... Blaine Waters. And... Laronde. Laronde. <laughs> Laronde. He's not here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here. It's, it's Rob Laronde. We are, of course, doing Win Ben Stein's Money. And <laughs> Great show. <laughs> yeah. I, it holds up. Now, we're doing a big 80s movie. A huge movie. A classic, some people think. Large movie. It's uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, yeah. 1986, directed by John Hughes, of course. Right. Well, the voice movie. of the young people of the 80s. I guess. Yeah. Kind of was. He liked Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink and all the movies. Yeah, yeah. And he's all the voice of the young people today, watching them and complaining about all the shit <laughs> that's, that's creepy about them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. but we'll get into that in a moment. Before we do, I do want to take a moment to thank all of our Patreon donors. Those are the people that give us a few bucks a month to help keep the show going. We really appreciate it. If you want to chip in. You can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability. Save rewatchability. Yeah, save Ferris. Yeah. Do this. <laughs> yeah, if enough people donate, we'll just like <laughs> take next week off and yeah. just play recordings of snoring. <laughs> <laughs> and I do also want to mention you can buy a rewatchability t-shirt now if you go to tpublic.com. That's T-E-E public.com slash stores slash rewatchability. There's a whole bunch of stuff there you can buy. There's uh, mm. our shirts. We've also curated some shirts that other people have drawn from from movies and shows that we've covered on the podcast. You need shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't go around topless. I don't know if I've said that before. It's We have a strict no shirts, no shoes, no service policy on the podcast. I'll and, leave. And it, <laughs> Rob never yeah. wears a shirt. For listeners, it's the honor system, though, because we, <laughs> we can't see. No. And, of course, because coming up on July 4th, we want to again mention we have a very special event, a screening yeah. of the great... Summer movie, My Girl. Yeah. Starring uh, Macaulay Culkin and Anna Klumsky and a bunch of grown-ups. Yeah. yeah. It's a coming-of-age classic. It is. We're super excited. We're going to intro the movie and lead a little discussion about it afterwards. Mm. Make fun of Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Sell honey. You know, thanks. <laughs> sell, I thought you were going to say sell Crystal Skull Vodka. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can do bar. that, too. <laughs> uh, about Crystal Skull Butter for the popcorn. <laughs> oh, uh, <God. laughs> 
<laughs> no, we're really excited. So please, if you go to the royal.to, you can find the schedule of July 4th and the, a link to buy tickets in advance there. And yeah, please, if you are in Toronto or even nearby, come out to the Royal July 4th. Come say hi to us and watch My Girl with us. Yeah. yeah. When's the next time you're going to see My Girl in theaters the way it was meant to be seen? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Only on the big screen. That, this was like that. our generation Star Wars. <laughs> oh, it was for me, for sure. It really looks like there are bees there. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, okay, well, that's enough uh, taking care of business. Let's talk about this movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Blaine, I I don't know why, but I feel like this was a big movie for you as a kid. Am I right? You saw right into my soul, and you knew. <laughs> uh, no, I I like this movie a lot, and I, I I don't know. Did you guys watch this and want to be Ferris? Like I did when I was a kid. Maybe maybe not. You just <laughs> give me blank stares. Well, <laughs> and I totally wanted to be him and wanted to like have that sort of like confidence in the world right. and be able to move through the world like not being afraid of everything like Ferris is. Yeah. I was more like Cameron. Um, so it was, it was nice to watch Ferris and be like, Oh, that would be cool to be like that. Yeah. I was more realistic. I think I just thought oh, I'll probably be Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not even worth getting my hopes. Like up. I'm sick right now. I'll probably be sick forever. So yeah, I really loved it. And I remember kind of trying to like, because I wanted to be a writer when I was a kid, so I like tried to write stuff that might have been like, you know, Ferris Bueller. Ferris fan Bueller fiction. didn't write shit. <laughs> yeah, no, he Wait, didn't. You wrote Ferris Bueller. Maybe. Fan like, I'm trying to. It was like sort of like short films. Wait, hold, that, like, hold on, hold on. Characters like Ferris. Did you create Saved by the Bell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totally what Saved Did by the Bell is. Eh? Parker Lewis can't lose. <laughs> Hopefully not. I don't even know what that is. Parker Did you Lewis create, can't. Oh no! Uh, Just going on. What were other Ferris? I feel like there were a bunch of imitations for sure after this. Fight Club. What? Well, people oh, do have that yeah, there's a theory. theory yeah. that, uh, that theory does. That's stupid. I don't. It's like kind that. of a stupid theory. Yeah. It's a oh, theory yeah, yeah. that uh, yeah. Cameron is imagining Ferris and. But we don't even but, meet Cameron for like 20 minutes. No. Yeah, but I think there's a great argument to be made that it is Cameron's movie and that Ferris Bueller isn't like the main character of this movie. You could argue that Cameron is in fact the protagonist yeah. because he's the only one who truly changes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. that's a stupid argument. <laughs> well, I'm going to make it later. <laughs> Rob Put on and I are going to duke it out later. What about you, Rob? When did you first see this this movie? I didn't see it till later. I It was definitely one of those movies that you know came at you from everywhere in the pop culture from the ooh yeah to the Bueller <laughs> well, that, that's just like the Kool-Aid guy <laughs> no you know Ferris like the, the, the song that they use in the movie the bump 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 yeah. ooh yeah beautiful <laughs> when, don't look at me and say that <laughs> okay that was the Kool-Aid man when he's gone a little too far yeah. the Kool-Aid yeah. man after a couple of drinks that weren't yeah. Kool-Aid <laughs> So I think for a while, I definitely, there was, it was a movie that I wanted to see. And I think once I finally sat down with it, like, I think I felt like what you were feeling, this movie positioned it for us to project ourselves into the main character and be like, you know, yeah, like he's a cool, confident kid who has everything that you could want. But I didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I found you him the wrong way. Why? I, well, I found him really hard to relate to and. I don't know. He doesn't really seem like a real person. So I, something about the movie, For it sure. didn't really connect with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that a lot of John Hughes movies connected with me. I mean, Home Alone, obviously. But yeah, but that's because of all the break-ins you suffered as yeah. a kid. No, participated in. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like Cameron was the protagonist of this movie. Harry and Marv were the protagonists of Home Alone. <laughs> True. <laughs> and Rob's Home Alone. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's not really one of my favorite movies, but I always, you know, I mean, I knew that there were some fun parts in it. And it's like a fun comedy. And, you know, I like the parts that have permeated through the pop culture. Like there's mm-hmm. some good bits to it, but it's not like one of my favorite movies or anything. Right. Jam. Yeah, this is one that, like, we watched as kids. I think me and some friends rented it the first time I saw it and Mm -hmm. really liked it. And it was just one of those movies that would be in the the rental circuit if you're hanging out with friends or something. Right. It's easy to put on. There's not much, like, plot to follow. There's, like, it's loosely kind of sketches and scenes where you can be like, oh, I love this scene, so I'm going to pay attention for now and then... Go off, talk with your friends for the others. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's interesting. When those losers are looking at the art gallery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember ever watching it when I was anywhere close to the ages of the characters. 
which seems odd. Like this, like you were younger, or yeah, I was like a okay. kid when I saw. It. Like this came out in '86, so like, I, I, if I saw it on video, I was probably like you know six or seven. So, yeah, I don't know. This was just always like a movie we watched as kids. I don't think I ever saw it as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I may have seen bits of it on TV, you know, in the years since, but I've never really sat down and watched it and kind of wrestled with some of the themes of adolescence that the movie presents, you know, having gone through that, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting this time around. So, yeah, but I just remember, yeah, liking it fine and it being like a, a fun, funny movie. Cool. Yeah. And also, I'm sure uh, it is. uh, (laughs) You know, we didn't know anything about Jeffrey Jones at the time. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, We'll get to that, I'm sure. But all the lines he says are just the most cringy lines now. Oh, everything. I mean, God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll, talk about about that later. Why don't you run down the plot of Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Okay. (laughs) I'm going to blow your minds here. Ferris Bueller takes a day off. Thank you. That is kind of the plot, though. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm gonna support yeah, you on right? that. That's right. the. There's not really a plot. Yeah. Well, I mean, John Hughes has sort of admitted it much. He wanted it to be more of like a character sketch. He wanted mm-hmm. like to make this movie about somebody who could sort of go through anything he says. Anyway, yeah. so Ferris Bueller, he's this kid in a Chicago-like place. He has this uncanny ability for like shit to just like wash off him. He has like duck feathers or something like that. All the characters keep saying he'll never get in trouble for anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cameron, for example, every everything has like these terrible consequences. Yeah, but even as a kid, I kind of thought like that was like, well, Ferris is like looking for the bright side and his sister is looking to like hurt him and just gets hurt herself. And then Cameron is looking to be sick and he's sick. Like it just felt like. I don't know, like, everything did go his way, but it felt like he also invited it to go his way as a kid. I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the message of the movie, if you will. Anyway, so he decides (laughs) he's going to take a day off. He pretends to be sick. He gives, like, a really convincing performance to his parents. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, he he wants to go in. He's got a test. He just has to go in. But, you know, he looks so sick. His mom won't let him. He's just going to have to stay at home and sleep in his bed and get rested up. But he has a plan, because he is a, I don't know, like a fucking genius or something? He's a con man, really, as a teenager. I don't even think con men go through this much work. <laughs> like, this seems like a really low payoff for, like, all the shit that you need to put this plan together. Because well, Sometimes it's wholly unnecessary, too. Like, as we'll see, part of his ruse to pretend to be sick is calling people on the phone and pretending to throw up. But instead of just, like, making a vomiting sound like any human being could he he like programs it on a synthesizer yeah <laughs> yeah so he can play it like he's oingo boingo or something <laughs> like i or if only danny elfman did the music for this but what, what's the point why not just make the sound yourself you lazy piece yeah, of crap but that was that kind of felt like adults writing for teens at that point because they're like oh they have these whiz bang things that like can make noise and we'll play it and kids will love it yeah so. Apparently that synthesizer cost $8,000 in 1986. Wow. The kid's complaining about not having a car. He has an $8,000 synthesizer well, and that he can like, make coughing sounds on. Like a $100,000 computer, too. Like That thing could hack into a school system. Well, he's it's got nuts. experience with that yeah. from war games. Right, true. <laughs> anyway, so he's concocted this plan to sort of stay home from school, and he has to convince his friend Cameron to drive him around because yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't have, have a car. car. He got this computer instead. So he calls the school. He like he convinces them that he's sick. He like hacks in and changes the number of days that he's been absent while his principal, Mr. Rooney, is on the phone with yeah. his parents, I think. With yeah. his mom, yeah. And Rooney is kind of like his antagonist in this whole thing. He's like the big bad guy. Yeah, he's like the Which principal. deservedly so for the actor. And just to back up for a second, the I did want to mention the changing grades thing in the computer is actually a thing that happens now but it's, what yeah like it happened a few years ago i remember reading that i think two students conspired to like hack into their school's computer system and change the grades and were like arrested and charged <laughs> oh my lord it's and hacking I, that's black hat shit <laughs> I, I was trying to look that story up just now and got a different story about a student doing that just this past spring in 2018. So it's probably happening more and more. California team fished his teachers to change grades. He was arrested on 14 felony counts. That's so upsetting. Just because, like, if a teen is doing that, like, 
hire them to like make your system yeah. better. Well, or they'll be probably like... work at Microsoft after they get out of jail, <laughs> right? Yeah. And after their ban on using electronics runs out. Right. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, Ferris could have a fun day off, and then you know, on Tuesday Go we could jail. find out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The cops lock him up for 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> Ferris Bueller's decade in. But I still remember my day off. (laughs) Saw some paintings, you guys. (laughs) But he cajoles his friend Cameron to come and pick him up. And this guy, he's like a real neurotic head case. Like, it's even a problem for him to decide to drive to his to his friend's house. Of course, he's actually sick. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's actually, he says he's dying. He feels like he's dying and it's not like a performance. I didn't think he was, is he actually sick or is yeah. he just like depressed? It could be psychosomatic. Well, that's what Ferris says is that like it could be psychosomatic because his parents are, he wants kind of the attention. He wants the, but to, not to be looked doctor. after. Yeah. Is this supposed to be funny then that like everyone's so invested in the fact that Ferris is out of school when Cameron is actually missing from a school and is actually going through shit and no one seems to care. That was the most depressing part of the movie for me. <laughs> like, just watch it. Like, this guy really needs help and all Ferris is doing is being like, I'm going to be in a parade float. And you're like, come on, <laughs> Be my friend for I one just second. Talk. Yeah, like, Ferris Bueller watching this movie is the worst friend you could possibly have. <laughs> wow. Like, he's so mean to Cameron all the way through. Stealing his dad's car, which they do to go into the city, right? Yeah, that's right. They, yeah, a whole bunch of hijinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they get Sloan off of, off of school, too. Yeah. They, which is they a Canadian call it- band. <laughs> get Sloan off of school? Yeah. She, she like, joins them for their... Oh, yeah, but the band Sloan isn't named after the character Sloan. No, it's named for, like, Slow One, right? I don't know, but there's, right. like... Fo- there's like <laughs> All right, man. No, but I, the reason why I'm stopping here is okay. because there's two bands that take their name from this movie. Oh, yeah, Save Ferris. Yeah. Which and, is a punk band, right? And Rooney. Rooney. Oh. Which I, I assume is also some sort of sh- punk band. Okay. Cool. But he's not a good friend. He kind of seems like he's torturing Cameron at first. Definitely. And like eventually, you know, he sort of comes around and he has a good time or so he says. But uh, it is kind of torture. Eh? It's he's like, bullying him. It's, it's like, I'm going to break you down so that you enjoy life. And it's kind of like just kind of trying to break down his sanity. So he'll accept Ferris's insanity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It seems really mean. Yeah. So he picks him up. They also call the school and get the uh, Sloan out saying that her grandma died. Mm-hmm. And then they have like this elaborate thing where Jeffrey Jones is talking to somebody he thinks is Sloan's dad, but he's pretty sure it's Ferris Bueller. And then Ferris Bueller calls on the other line. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't call in sick or whatever. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, after he's already said all this. It's a funny <laughs> scene where he's like, he's yeah, called the, the guy and goes, oh, yeah. I like the part where he says, oh. <laughs> I'm not feeling very well today, and I was wondering if it might be possible for my sister to bring home any assignments for my classes that I might need. Have a nice day. <clears throat> Mr. Peterson? Um... <clears throat> uh, no, I, I, I think I owe you an apology, sir. Well, I should say you do. I, uh, I, I, I... Well, I think you should be sorry, for Christ's sake. And this starts off like this big rivalry. I would argue, actually, the dean is probably the real protagonist. Mm, trying to catch the student. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, like, his story... I mean, we get so much of his story. Like, he's half the movie, it seems like. He is, yeah, that's true. But he doesn't really, does he change? Does he realize what well, a piece of shit he is by the end of the movie? I don't know if he changes, but he definitely, like, suffers. I've also, <laughs> he I've heard some suffers. people say, like, because I think this is a movie that we're almost a little late to the party on. Because I feel like maybe, like, five or ten years ago, a lot of people who grew up with this movie were rewatching it and coming up with things like that theory yeah, the of Club. Cameron and Ferris. And also a lot of people saying, like, hey, maybe that Principal Rooney wasn't such a bad guy because <laughs> right. he was an educator and Ferris was breaking the rules. Sure. But he goes to crazy levels. To yeah. just- <laughs> no, he there's B&E. There's, like, stalking a student. There's assault. And there's also, like, like, there's probably stuff he could be doing in his office. Like, yeah. why is he taking the day well, off? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's out of pizza parlors, too. I know. I know. Yeah. And there's probably, like, four other students that aren't there, too. 
<laughs> well, and here's the other thing. I think what part of the reason why we're doing it this week is because for a lot of people, it's the end of the school year. Oh, yeah. And for summer. this movie takes place like at the end of school and they're graduating. So it's just, right. let's have one last day. Yeah. But do you guys remember like that time of year? Everybody skipped school. Like oh, it yeah, wasn't... nobody goes to school. At the end. <laughs> yeah, Everyone like, was at the mall. Did. They yeah. can't do anything. Like in reality, Ferris would keep running into people, being like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going either. Well, that's the thing. High school was so you just you just don't go to classes if you don't want to, right? That's how we did it. <laughs> we didn't have anybody. <laughs> good Canadian education, right? Chase there. us down throughout the streets and <laughs> try to crawl through our doggy door or whatever. Were you guys ever caught skipping school? I don't think it was really skipping. I just. You just missed your class. I <laughs> I did a a thing. Uh, maybe I should confess to this some But basically, there was like I used to be have to sign myself into school. Okay, like and, the honor system. Yeah, because I had a spare on like the first period uh, where they okay. would sign yeah, you yeah. in, oh. and I would routinely not sign myself in <gasps> in case not in just in case I wanted to skip a class. I had the option of. If they caught me, I'd say like, oh, I wasn't there that day. And it would look like that. Your principal is going to track you down and take back your diploma. Well, here's what happened. I <laughs> <laughs> So many years later. I got a call because like, and no one ever said anything in the office. And I was in all of my other classes and I rarely skipped school anyway. So it really wasn't an issue. But I often didn't sign in mm. at the beginning of the day. Uh, but then at the end of the year, like I got a call from like the vice principal being like, we have to talk about all of these absences. Like, like on paper, it probably looked like you weren't, you just weren't here for most of the year. And I was like, so freaked out by it that I just never called him back. And <laughs> you should have just got on your computer and changed wait, it. <laughs> do you have a diploma though? Like, did you? Grow? No, <laughs> no, of course I do. Yeah. This wasn't even the last year of school. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I like I remember I'd run into the I'd talked to the vice principal afterwards. He just forgot about it. <laughs> was it wasn't a tight ship? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh man! Wow. Anyway, so the big thing is that Ferris Bueller sees Cameron's dad's car, which is a fancy car. It's a Ferrari <laughs> of some sort. Ferrari. I don't know cars. But it has four wheels. That much mm-hmm. I remember. Well, apparently yeah. it wasn't a real Ferrari. Did you guys read this? Yeah, they. He what like, was it? What was it? It was a mock-up. It was like yeah. a fiberglass mock-up because they couldn't afford to destroy a real Ferrari. They, <laughs> they call it like I guess the the term in the industry is a replica car. So it was That's a, fer- a good It was a fake <laughs> fake Ferrari body on a Mustang. Mm. And the actress said it was a real piece of crap. And like there were scenes where it wouldn't even start. <laughs> That's great. Imagine selling that car at auctions a year later. Like, oh, I got the Ferris Bueller's Day Off car. It's like, piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> it <laughs> won't even drive. I had to push it out of the auction. Well, like, it also, like, it makes sense for, like, the scene where they have to destroy it. But apparently sure. they didn't even want, like, Matthew Broderick driving around this nice car. <laughs> well, good reason. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's fair play. It's not play. too soon for that. That's, we'll have to get to it soon. That's fair play. I, I forgot. I completely forgot about that. What did he, did he, he killed someone in a car? Is that what happened? Well, so shortly after the making of this movie, him and Jennifer Grey, who were dating, despite the fact that they played brother and sister in this. Yeah, that's weird. Was, that is weird. They were both in Ireland, and he was driving, and he, for whatever reason, he went over on the other side of the road, and oh. I think two people died. Jesus. Actually, yeah. And uh-huh. he was really injured, and he says he doesn't remember any of it, and yeah. she was uh, minor injuries. And uh, and he got off, right? He was like, there was no... I think was no the cr- family of the person said that, you know, at one point said it was like a travesty of justice, and then at one point, apparently Matthew Broderick was going to, like, meet up with this person so that they could get some closure. Yeah. But years later, when I think they hired... Matthew Broderick for like a car commercial for like the Super Bowl. He was yeah. like, maybe this isn't the right person for this. Oh, the Wait, commercial. I remember it was he actually was in a car commercial though, wasn't he? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and he's in, that's insane. And and I watched the latest trailer for uh, comedians in cars, and it's Matthew Broderick. Well, he's not driving. Yeah, they, they no. let Seinfeld drive. Yeah, they let Seinfeld, Seinfeld doesn't let anyone drive. But anyway, I it, do. I do always worry that like Seinfeld's gonna like run over a bicyclist or something because he's always he's too preoccupied with like. 
jokes. Car is yeah, or? and he's all hopped up on coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that's awful. Well, while we're talking about the relationships, though, a nice story that came out of this movie is Ferris Bueller's parents got married. Really? In real life. Yeah, they fell oh, in not love. not a bastard anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they fell in love that's and good for him. adopted... Uh, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick and Jennifer Grey. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird family dynamic. <laughs> but I, I hear that they did divorce in 1992. Oh. Sorry. Well, it was nice Talk. while it lasted. <laughs> oh, and also... <laughs> that's that's the final <laughs> word on the divorce? It works for anything. <laughs> no, it doesn't work for divorce. <laughs> Just wait till we talk so, about Jeffrey Jones. Chicka, chicka. Uh, well, no, while we're talking about awful things, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, okay. So because, this is the awful segment of the of the podcast. Well, we're also kind of getting into yeah. the part where he leaves the school and he's trying to track Ferris down. Yeah. So he's it, like the T one thousand. He kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, except what he says is or horrible. The guy from No Country. Yeah. Well, sure. yeah, because well, one of the first things he goes to like a pizza parlor. And thinks he sees Ferris and goes up to him and says, your ass is mine. And they turn around. It's not Ferris. It's a young girl who spits soda in his face because it's inappropriate to say that to a young girl, but also maybe even arguably more inappropriate to your student. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's that's not it's a good. Across the board, it's not a good line for anyone. I think yeah. in the '80s you were allowed to talk about your students' asses. Oh, okay. It was a different time, Reagan. Well, okay, <laughs> Reagan. Just blame it on a president. I'm gonna fucking blame everything on Reagan for this movie. Reagan. All right. No, it didn't work for that. No, it didn't. No. See, it doesn't doesn't work. But okay, so this is the awful part. Jeffrey Jones in the subsequent years was arrested for possession of child pornography. Yeah. And I think soliciting soliciting he wants to take like nude photographs of a minor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awful shit. The only thing I found funny about that situation is I remember at the time when you see him on the news outside the courthouse. He was filming Deadwood at the time. Yeah. So he had like these huge mutton chops and like <laughs> old West facial hair. <laughs> it's like uh, even more suspect. Horrible story. Yeah. Really awful. Yeah. Kind of ruins a lot of this movie. Yeah. It makes it really hard sure. to watch because it's there's just a sexual pers- predator yeah. chasing after. A, well, pre- and a, he's supposed to be a minor. He's 23, but he's supposed to be a minor. Yeah. And when he's like uh, the. Ferris's sister is pretty afraid of him too, as a sexual predator. Like she's, she's thinks she's gonna be like violent yeah, in her own right. house. It's just like those tones are they're inescapable. Yeah, like once you sort of know that exactly. And, you know when you watch him in Deadwood and, and you realize what a creep it is, it kind of works. It's a creepy show. <laughs> yeah, but he's supposed show. to be a nice character in that. Maybe it's irony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. so I don't know. It's hard. It's a little hard to get past that. Just everybody just... in this movie is sullied. What did Cameron do? I don't know. He was older though. He was he like twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. He said that he was he was sure it wouldn't work, but he was like, I'm not going to turn this role down. I wonder if I could play a high school's kid. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You mean like in... what's up, homies? <laughs> Got to put a shirt on first. Yeah. Okay? Backwards baseball hat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellow students. Yeah. That's why your crowdfunded remake of Never Been Kissed. <laughs> Didn't make any money. Still never been kissed. <laughs> All right. a sequel. We have so much more to talk about coming up after this break. Stick around. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're back on Rewatchability, part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. We're talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And uh, we have so much to talk about. We haven't even really talked about all the stuff they get up to once they get to Chicago. Yeah, museums, floats. Fancy restaurants. Yeah. Well, that's all of them. They that's, do all those it. things. Yeah, those are Everything that things. you do in Chicago, go see a baseball game. Oh, yeah. Though they don't eat a Chicago Frank. They don't do that. Mm. I I d- it did make me want to, I've never been to Chicago, and I've always wanted to go. And I feel like a big part of the reason why I want to go is because of this movie. I would like to, to go to Chicago, too. I just, want, I just want to, like, leer at Surratt paintings <laughs> like a creep <laughs> until the museum staff escorts me out. It won't be long. <laughs> 
That was one of my favorite, like rewatching it. That was one of my favorite scenes where Cameron was like so, so lost in the painting and so ah, disturbed by it. Oh, I, I, I love that scene. It's so funny. I also love that scene. I would say that's honestly like the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Cause it's like, you, Cam, you know, Cameron, he has all this like existential angst and this and that and all that stuff. He's a teenager. And he's yeah. just like staring at this painting and he stares at the face and from far away, like it looks like a face, but from close up, it, as it gets closer and closer, we just see it's like just colors on just the blobs. texture of the canvas. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. It's beautiful. I love that scene. It's, it would have been funny <laughs> if they cut back to Cameron and his nose was pressed up against the canvas right. and like he's a blob too. They, they had yeah. to ask him to move back. Yeah, that's I yeah, I just thought it was so funny because it's such an innocent thing. It's such like a lovely painting and there's kids in the museum and they're going by and then Cameron is having the like the worst time of his life. He's in like the bottomless pit of life and I thought yeah. that was funny. Well, I I don't know if it's the bottomless pit. I just I think it's like it was... looking looking into the void, you know? And but it was looking back so... into him. <laughs> right. But that's what's so funny about. It. Yeah, kind anyway. of, but it's also just like, I don't know, it it kind of conjured that feeling of like, you know, adolescence and trying to make sense of the components of life and that whole not just that moment but that whole scene in the art gallery i thought was Mm -hmm. really affecting it's a real like breath in the movie because everything in this movie is like crazy scene after crazy scene and john hughes he loves like his physical comedy he loves his big crowds he loves his waving american flags he likes those things and Apparently, like, it was a personal indulgence of his to have this scene in the art gallery where it just, like, slows down. It's very quiet. I mean, yeah, Ferris Bueller makes out with his girlfriend for, like, ten minutes. But other than that, (laughs) there's just, like, all these beautiful shots of, like, these paintings. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, watching it on my stupid little laptop, it was the best way that I've seen those paintings depicted. Like, they looked real and artful and meaningful, in the midst of this stupid movie <laughs> where well, a kid takes a day off school. I, there, I, sorry, I, I do think there are other moments like that not in the art gallery, like when they're in like the Sears Tower yeah, looking down. I thought yeah. that was nice. And, and those moment. are like really artful, like nice moments. But there's also little bits of dialogue that I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like I remember feeling that like when – uh, when Sloan and Cameron are talking and they're like, this guy is going to, he's going to be something great. And like, what are we going to do? Like, what do you want to do at university? And they're both like, I have no clue what I want to do with my life. And just the kind of the giving up of that. And they're laughing through it. And I was like, I remember that. Like, I have no clue what my life's going to be, but it's, I think it's going to be all right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it sort of revealed that part of the reason why they're taking this day off is because it's towards the end of the year and it's their last year and they're both going to be going off to separate schools Mm -hmm. at the end of the summer and they're not going to see each other. So it's sort of like the last hurrah, not the last hurrah, but like one of the last hurrahs of their friendship. Yeah, but that's like something that Ferris explains a lot too is like, well, this isn't the last hurrah. This is like, there's going to be, I'm going to see him on weekends and I'm going to do this. Uh, For sure. We haven't mentioned that he breaks the fourth wall like for 90% of this movie. Oh yeah. yeah. He talks more to us than he does to Cameron <laughs> which is weird because he has like this supernatural wisdom like it almost seems like it's the older Ferris Bueller like thinking back who's like re-speaking this or like I kind of like oh. that idea I like that That's a lot yeah it's like wonder years yeah that yeah. would be a depressing ending if it like he never did any of that stuff and it's revealed like I always regretted not jumping on that parade float. <laughs> Just as he's Every dying in a futuristic hospital bed. <laughs> Duncan Shane. He's like talking to, to the uh, – anyway. He's in San Junipero. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> talking to Cameron's gravestone. You know? <laughs> Just <laughs> the worst ending to Ferris Cameron Peter's died out. in Vietnam. Yeah, right. Not during the war. He just died yeah. over in Vietnam. Yeah, this is the on 80s. Vacation. Yeah. He was mugged. It's like Stand By Me is <laughs> the ending of that. Yeah. Uh, that would be depressing. One moment I did find a little odd watching it now was so they go to the fancy restaurant and kind of like con their way in there. Yeah, snooty waiter. Snooty waiter. And then on the way out, they see Ferris's dad mm. in a cab next to them. And their solution to that is Cameron and Ferris hide on the ground and Sloan like gets aggressively flirtatious with them. Yeah. Which is weird because like, wait, has he never met his son's girlfriend? Apparently not. Okay, that's, that's weird. Yeah. They're not married. <laughs> 
But also, like, why would her, like, for, she didn't have to say anything to him. She could have just been sitting in the car then. Like, why would she be like... Yeah. yeah. Also, like, at the end, she's like, he's going to marry me. So now you're going to have to meet his father no. who's seen you flirt with him. She was like, talking about his father. Oh, right. He's going yeah. to leave his wife yeah, and yeah. marry her. He's going to marry me. She and was wearing sunglasses, dad. though, wasn't she? Yeah. So? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Superman can't, rules. Can't recognize can't that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... I mean, he keeps running into his dad, who... By the, he has not exhibited any sort of authority over him in any sort of way. He's not like a bossy dad who, like, uh-huh. you know, pressures his kid or is like, you got to ship up or we're going to send you to Colonel Oates Military Academy. <laughs> He's just like, oh, you're sick? Oh, that's too bad. I hope you feel better, kid. Well, no, but the, they're really caring parents because they phone in to Ferris at the beginning of the movie just to check on him and, like, yeah. I, I, I like What I'm saying parents. is that I don't think he would get in any trouble if his dad saw him. He'd be like, Ferris. No. Are you feeling better? Yeah. Hey, champ. You going on a little ride from Breath of Fresh Air? <laughs> I will say, because I think we've been having a lot of fun with this movie, but I will say in the critical camp, it is, uh, it's basically white privilege, the movie. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Like, I, he's, not, he's just like running on parade floats and just well, doing everything. <laughs> well. And also kind of ungrateful because he's super rich and he's like complaining like, I only got a computer for my birthday. Oh, yeah. A computer in the 80s was like a million dollars. Oh, yeah. And he has that synthesizer. Yeah, the synthesizer. Oh, and the stereo system. I was like, I'm so like sleep deprived right now. When he was like, I'm going to have this day off. I was like, dude, stay in that room. Yeah. Just have a nap. You can listen to a a record. Oh, that sounds amazing. Did you guys go to the Gladstone to see the um, the Ferris Bueller's recreated room? Yeah, it was like a pop-up art project. Yeah. I didn't. I almost went and then I was like, why would I do that? Yeah, I was there. It was. Did they have the synthesizer? Uh, yeah, they had. They cool. had everything. They had like the door and the little weight on the door. The little. Why does press. he have a mannequin? Every like child in the eighties had a mannequin or a cardboard standee. It, it of was someone. like every yeah, there was a situation surplus. in the nineties had some sort of traffic sign in their in their apartment. It's just, you know you have these th- certain things. Those were stolen. Yeah, they were all stolen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. But he he had like the best house. And Cameron's parents were like loaded. Oh, oh God, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. This whole movie is white privilege. Like, the whole thing about Ferris getting away with everything is because he's like a rich, privileged kid. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? The Charlie Sheen character? He doesn't get those breaks. Well, <laughs> do you guys know about this? The Charlie Sheen backstory? I read about it. Yeah. What, like, Maybe this is a good time. The to talk actual about that. Charlie Sheen or the character? <laughs> yeah, have oh. you guys heard of this Charlie Sheen guy? So Martin <laughs> Sheen had a son, not Emilio. What? what? Oh, though Emilio was almost in this movie. Yeah. He yeah. was almost Cameron. Yeah, he turned down the role. That would have been they would have been brothers or half brothers. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, like originally in the script, when Ferris is monologuing at the beginning, he mentions uh, a friend named Garth Volbeck, and he says he's a serious outsider, not a bad guy. I like him. I'm probably his only friend. And then he says that basically, like, some bad stuff happened to him, and he had to drop out of school, and they lost touch, and and said he basically kind of, you know. Bad things happen to right. him. He's not my friend anymore. Yeah. I don't associate with people like that. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Who need my help. And then when uh, Jeannie meets Charlie Sheen at the end, mm-hmm. he introduces himself as yeah. Garth Volbeck. Yeah. So that... And the I was reading uh, a Cracked article actually was saying like you can interpret that as like also being a motivating factor of why they're doing this day out right. is because he wants he doesn't want Cameron's life to spiral out of control in the same way. He wants to give him some joy oh, that he didn't like to Garth. That. Yeah. I like that a lot actually. Yeah. But it's not in the movie. No. But it's not canon. Yeah. All right. Plus like if he was friends with Garth Volbeck, how does his sister not realize who he is? True. They're friends. Yeah, there's a lot of like not knowing that people are speaking and not knowing who's speaking to whom and who people are. But also, like, is that like the deciding factor between whether you have a good and successful life or whether you become a, a burnout like Charlie Sheen? Whether or not some <laughs> friend bullies life? you into skipping school and <laughs> destroys your dad's car? It seems like it would be the opposite. Hopefully you'd have a friend know. that keeps you in school and doesn't destroy your dad's car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't take any responsibility for anything. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like Cameron, like we don't see what happens after the end of this movie, but he's probably he's probably going to get in some shit. Yeah. I mean, I do like Cameron's arc that he is comfortable with getting in shit now. That he like is fine with having screwed up because he 
he learned from it and he's like a wiser person he can get he's only fine till heat. ferris closes the door that he's like oh fuck my dad's gonna kill me <laughs> let my people go oh uh, i love his voice though cameron he's his voice is like amazing i mean alan ruck has the voice of an angel I, I think it was just like in the opening scene because maybe it's just because he's so old. His voice is so like low and baritone. It's when like, he's singing the song. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we haven't mentioned yet. I guess we're about at this point in the movie where they, they try to uh, put the car in reverse to take all the mileage off. Oh yeah. It doesn't work. The Ferrari gets destroyed. And this Ferrari is a real symbol too, because like there's this whole thing where Cameron is like, my dad cares about this car more than us. Yeah. Meanwhile, and like it's that's supposed to be taken as like that's like a bad philosophy or whatever. But Ferris Bueller's <laughs> the same way. He's like, oh man, that fucking car. We got to take that car. You only live once. It's yeah. the same impulse for sure. Yeah. His dad is Ferris. Oh my god. Maybe that's oh. the that's the thing. Yeah, His dad that's, is Ferris. That's the cycle of rebellion. If you're Ferris, your kid becomes a Cameron. If you're Cameron, your kid becomes a Ferris. <laughs> I can't wait for Rob's parenting manual to come out. <laughs> Don't make your kid a <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. If your if your kid's stealing, at least he's a Ferris. It's all right. I find the whole like Ferris Bueller character like it's hard to take because like just the way that people like root for him and only him, like in the background of this movie, like there's like this whole save Ferris campaign going on. And like this is I do All love takes that. place in the span of one day. Yeah. And they go from like, you know, oh, I heard Ferris is sick to like, oh, my God, Ferris is dying. Oh, we have to like write save Ferris, get it printed on the water tower. And it's in the <laughs> newspaper. That's what I love. I love how surreal it is. Yeah, I guess so. But it's it's also very weird. And like it all comes back when they do like the big parade scene. Like he just gets up on the parade and then. All of a sudden, like, he makes the city come alive. Yeah, the parade was, like, fine before. Like, you know, good old German Day Parade. Nothing more fun than marching Germans. (laughs) (laughs) What privilege of the movie, you say? All right. (laughs) But then he's just, like, he gets up on on the thing, lip syncs. Twist and shout, and suddenly he's a fucking hero. Everybody's dancing and waving flags. Well, he saved the world. He also lip syncs Wayne Newton. Yeah, I guess you you got a point. <laughs> really All like the construction workers are stopping so that they can like wiggle their butts to the music. That was apparently real. That that construction worker who was dancing was apparently when they were filming because they filmed it at a real parade. Yeah, uh, it took several days. I'm sure at some point there was a construction worker dancing for an unrelated <laughs> reason. <laughs> Who's one of the village people who was actually just doing some work? Right, there were some contract work. Yeah, in next. character. <laughs> this is did method, you, man. Did you hear though that? Uh, Sir Paul was not super happy with uh, the twist and shout. No, tell me more. Because uh, <laughs> it's my Damn new you. character. <laughs> there was horns in it because there was a marching band. Right. And he was like, oh, I don't like the horns. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. And then John Hughes was like, well, there was a marching band. So, you know, <laughs> can't have a quiet marching band. <laughs> Wayne Newton didn't have any problems. <laughs> yeah. I think his standards might be a bit lower than the Beatles. Take that back. Uh, <laughs> while we're talking about like Ferris being shitty, I do want to co- mention a couple of other bits that were in the script, but not the movie itself. There was a scene where Ferris, because they spend a lot of money, like they go to a Cubs game, they oh, go yeah. to the art gallery, they're going to fancy restaurants, and uh, yeah, I just assumed they'd like run away from the fancy restaurant. Yeah, I assumed pay. that they weren't going to pay. Yeah, it would break into the museum. You know. Did break guys, into the museum. Who are they, Nicholas ever- Cage? <laughs> <laughs> I broke into a museum. You, you, like, you wait for people to come out of the museum and then take their Blaine. pin. And then you go in with their, their pin. Blaine. Yeah, really that's sticking what, it to big museum. That's <laughs> what I did when I was a kid and I didn't have money to go to the museum. All right. Stop trying to learn for free. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. No, uh, well... But there's a lot of fancy stuff they did. You can't, sure. you know, it's hard to sneak. They're not sneaking in everywhere. No, for sure. So there was a scene where they show how he's funding his little uh, day off and it involves him stealing from his sister and calling his dad to find out where his savings bonds are hidden. And so, Why would his dad tell him? I don't know. Like, All right, champ. 
You want a good day off? Go for it. I just have part of the script, and the the first line of action is he blows a smoke ring. So I guess Ferris is just like smoking cigars or something Jesus. while he's doing this. So he calls his dad and is, I think, talking about how tired his dad is. He says, uh, you work so hard, I bet you don't even remember where those savings bonds are hidden. Oh, tricky and Ferris. And he says, I sure do. And he's like, no. Anyways, he ends up telling him. And then Ferris to the camera says, was that a class move or what? The guy gave it up faster than a drunk Catholic girl. <laughs> I hope my kids don't pull this shit on Single me. Single gasp. <laughs> Rob sounded very different there for that gasp, but uh, that, that that's fast. <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah, that was. That's a weird line. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. John Hughes cut out that casual misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I oh, actually, you know what? It's peppered in there. Ferris, because it says to camera normal voice, so he may have been pretending to be someone else when he tricked his dad. Right. But still, that's dumb. <laughs> the I savings hate, bond police? What is it? I hate how <laughs> shitty he is to his parents, who are fucking, they seem like real class acts. Like, usually we have, like, a, you know, drunken dad or something like that. But they, like, they call and check up on him. They, yeah, like, they're very nice. They're very, like, concerned for him all the time. And yet they're not helicopter parents. They're not, like, you know, lording over him or anything. They let him have his have his fun. But no, I think they just, let like, him have his fun too much. I don't know. Oh, for sure. And he just lies to them in such, like, a awful and condescending way. Like, his performance is fucking disgusting. <laughs> Whoa. It makes me... If I was <laughs> a parent... I would be, you know. That is so extreme. It's just like, oh, I, I'll stay in bed. It's like, <laughs> fuck off. I'm okay. <clears throat> I'll just sleep. Maybe I'll have an aspirin around noon. Now listen, I'm showing some houses to that, that family from Vermont today, so I'll be in the area now. My office will know just where I am if you need me, okay? Okay. Okay. I'll check on you too, pal. It's, it's nice to know... But I have such loving, caring parents. You're both very special people. You get better, pumpkin. Just like if you're gonna do a show, then you know you're, you are genie in this movie. You 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 hate him as much as his sister. Does. I think I I, I think, think I do. Yeah, I, I think I identify genie. with genie. Did, yeah. did you have did your siblings like get away with stuff that you never got away with? Or were you like the oldest? And got away I am. With no, no. See, that's you don't know how it works because the oldest doesn't get away with shit. Oh, okay. The oldest, the hammer comes down, and then by the time you know the other ones roll around, the parents are tired of bringing the hammer down. But also, I think as we get older, we can see this from like a societal vantage point. Yeah. You know, maybe this. Guy's just a piece of shit who gets away with everything and becomes the president. I don't know. I'm just saying there are other <laughs> examples of this kind of thing that yeah. are frustrating. Now, here's where you're wrong. Trump could never come up with those contraptions and tape recording plans. Or That's whatever. true. He would yeah. just, and he would They'd just, all follow him and kill him. But <laughs> he did like call people and pretend to be his own assistant. That's kind of oh, Ferris. Yeah, that is such a Ferris Bueller trick. <laughs> well, the, the, one of the weird things about this movie is that, I mean, it came out in the 80s. The 80s, you know, everybody knows it was like a Republican fucking circle jerk. But this movie was frequently touted as like the favorite movie by top Republicans. Like Barbara Bush quoted it in yeah. like a speech. She quotes really? the like, you know, take a little time to whatever because life goes yeah. really quickly or whatever. Yeah. She said that to uh, convocation. <laughs> well, that's probably why her son was also a piece of shit who <laughs> did a lot of terrible things. Hey, good point. <laughs> and then also, I think this was Dan Quayle's favorite movie. Oh, well, uh, uh, John Hughes was a Republican. Fuck. Because uh, he also hired Ben Stein, who wasn't an actor to be in this, to be a teacher, presumably yeah. teaching the kids about how evolution didn't happen. <laughs> well, he was teaching about supply-side economics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> this is gym class. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think there's like a conservative message in the movie? Well, I just think – I think it comes from like a conservative like willful ignorance. Like it's the sort of thing where like I've got mine. I'm okay. Right. You know, go out, have a little fun, live a little. You don't need to worry about anything. But meanwhile, like, I mean, I'm presuming Chicago is a city with some real problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe like any other city. Yeah, You know, and that's not to say that you can't show like an optimistic portrait. But like John Hughes, 
like it's it's in the scene where he waves all the flags, you know, yeah. like there's something about it, which is like an all encompassing philosophy of, th- you know, I think it's the philosophy is if you can get away with it, it's all right. Yeah. Right. As long and as that's it, like as long totally... as it doesn't hurt somebody. But right. and if you can't I... see the hurt, then it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. That's like the RNC thing. Like if we can, as long as we can get away with it, like it's fine. And I think that's a lot of like not just RNC, like DNC too. Like a lot of political things are like if no one can see it, then it didn't happen and it's fine. What I'm hearing from what you just said <laughs> is that you wanted this movie to explore a seedier side. That's right. Well, guess what? I've got another scene from the script for you. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, keep in mind they're going to, you know, they're going to parades. They're going to art galleries. Okay. They're taking opera. a little culture. Okay. And, go and to the then opera next. they decide the next thing to do while they're living life to its fullest, their next stop is a strip club. Oh, yeah. There's, there was happen. a scene where Ferris and <laughs> Sloan and Cameron all go to a, like a filthy strip club in the middle of the day. And then are there not filthy strip clubs? Are there like just really Clean nice strip clubs? Yeah. <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> but uh. so it's the strip club and then Ferris starts like <laughs> kind of mansplaining like stripping. Yeah. Cuz Sloane's asking like why would women strip? And God. Ferris says, "But consider why she does it. Why she does it and why you don't." Sloane says, "I'm not a tramp." Fair says, maybe her life fell apart. Maybe she lost somebody, a lover, Jesus. a boyfriend, a parent, a child. Oh, my God. Ferris, Ferris she's making things. money for her way through school to be a doctor. God damn it, Not Ferris. everyone that strips lost a child. What <laughs> no. an insane thing to say. No, I no. think that, that they ask you that when you apply for the job. Yeah, yeah, to be a sex worker anywhere. <laughs> and, <laughs> you have to. and then... Uh, oh, Ferris gets up on the stage and lip syncs another song. <laughs> he does oh, an Elvis great. tune. Oh, but Fuck. only because his dad was killed. So <laughs> that's that's important. Because well, Sloane's grandmother died. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awful. I'm glad they took that out. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of the feeling of the script going into the edit. I'd say is like all these kind of bad male privilege stuff. Yeah, and I, it continued in that. Tradition. I think a lot of there's also like there's a lot of other like casual misogyny in there. Like there's a line where Charlie Sheen says that Jeannie wears too much eye makeup and his sister wears too much eye makeup and it makes her look like a whore. Yeah, that may have been a Sheen ad lib. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and there's other stuff, but yeah, 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 and like like watching that, I was kind of disappointed because I like we do with a lot of these movies. Like I put myself into that character when I was younger and I was like, oh man, I'm so glad I'm not that character now. Like, I, I, you know, he doesn't think about anyone else. He, there's no empathy for for him. He says he does. He like says like, Cameron really needs to do this and like Sloan and I'll do this later. And But it's not, it's not taking into account what they want at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I wholeheartedly agree. He wanted to drown at the bottom of that pool. Yeah. I'm talking about Cameron when he goes into the pool and he sits, he's, and then Ferris dives in and saves him. Someone says, oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a novelization for this movie. Oh, of course there was. <laughs> in yeah. case you wanted this in book form. Cormac McCarthy's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> now you get the CDs out of Chicago. <laughs> uh, the, it pretty much plays like the movie with the exception of like there are – because, you know, they're working off of a script, more of those – Types of deleted scenes are in the novel. Right. Apparently, there was a cut scene where in the fancy restaurant they do eat pancreas, which they okay. allude to. Yeah. And that's why they leave the restaurant. Ferris Bueller had like two other siblings that they cut from the movie. Did you guys read about this? Oh, what? They had, he had like a younger sister and a younger brother that just got like deleted from that's the funny. Ferris Bueller verse. There are some other weird things, but the, the weirdest one I thought is just when like when the author tries to pad out the novel with these like interior monologues of the characters that aren't even things from the script. There's the a part is mostly Ferris's interior monologue. That's so well, this funny. is genies. This oh, is wow. genie is annoyed that Ferris Bueller peed on the toilet seat. So she starts fantasizing about murdering him. Okay. And then she says her brother had notoriously bad aim. The jury would understand considering the fact that she was suffering from premenstrual syndrome. Jeannie couldn't possibly be found guilty for murdering someone who pissed all over toilets. It's true. Oh, my Solid God. So that was written by a woman, right? The novelization? Oh. No, no, it wasn't. 
That's crazy. It's a, I don't know if that's from the script, but it also seems like someone who, whatever guy wrote the script was like, we need to explain why Jeannie's so grumpy throughout <laughs> yeah, this movie. Exactly. She got a pimple. She, she's having PMS. Oh God. I also want to mention the TV show. Right. Yes. Did you guys watch There's any of this? Bueller. No. It was on TBS. I remember watching it. On, I thought it was a network. Okay. Cause I watched it. When it was on TV, I distinctly okay. remember being wow. like, Ferris Bueller. I like Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Okay. It was a, like a sitcom and it co-starred Jennifer Aniston as Jeannie. What? Really? Yeah. Oh and my Lord. It's really weird the way it opens because, well, there's a few weird things about it. For one, it takes place at a California beach community instead of Chicago. Oh, that's so great. Because kids like beaches this is going back to those like 50s beach movies where everything was all right yeah <laughs> uh, times were simpler back then or maybe this might have been after saved by the bell i don't know yeah. but they also they try to explain these weird differences between the movie and the tv show by having the very first scene be the new ferris bueller say that they based the movie Ferris Bueller on his life. Oh, that's pretty funny. And then he pulls out a cardboard cutout of Matthew Broderick and destroys it with a chainsaw. Like that's a really weird. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play a clip of that. Life is one damn thing after another. Mark Twain said that after he changed his name. I'm Ferris Bueller, and I've never changed mine. Once they put me up on the big screen, it was out of the question. But come on. Matthew Broderick as me? No way. He's too white bread. Too, too dimensional. Too, too tootsie. Goodbye. This is television. This is real. Oh my God! He says Ferris is too white bread, but then he's like, "And she got a nose job." I don't know. It's just, it seems like that's even more. It did make me appreciate uh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you can play this like way creepy. <laughs> it will not work. Yeah, you can just give a kid a chainsaw. It's like the Casey Affleck version of Ferris Bueller. Well, wait, isn't Casey Affleck the better version? Well, I've just been of, like, what? Of ben Affleck? I mean, in performance wise. Well, no, I think if you like, if you play it too intense, it's not. Oh, I see what you're saying. Matthew Broderick's just kind of an endearing guy. Yeah, I think, I think it works. Yeah. You find Ben Affleck endearing? What? Oh, never mind. <laughs> this metaphor really it fell does, apart. It does. There, you do really see how Matthew Broderick sort of owned that performance, and yeah, I think for that sure. like John Hughes said that he didn't think there was anybody else who could sort of pull off the sort of. He called it charm. I'm going to call it smarm. Uh, <laughs> and like confidence. Like yeah, he wrote it for Matthew Broderick, he said, right? I think so. He said and like maybe a 15-year-old Jimmy Stewart could do it. But Yeah. And then there was like other people like offered for the part like Jim Carrey and even Yeah, I think Young. they tested. Yeah, they tested a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> Jim Carrey did the whole audition out of his ass. So <laughs> he didn't get that part. <laughs> There is a great episode of the Gilbert Gottfried podcast where they had Matthew Broderick on, and basically the so you killed a guy in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Just the opening line of that podcast. <laughs> wow, he really wasn't Iago, eh? Just really stabbed Matthew Broderick in the back there. Well, it was it was almost that because he just spent the first ten minutes like talking about how much he hated Ferris Bueller when he saw it. I hated you. No, he basically said, like, he was just the worst kid I've ever seen. <laughs> Yours is really good. Yeah, you got a good, we I both do. Yeah, we're all great at doing the Gilbert Gottfried voice. Let's just put that out there. But I, it was really great because Matthew Broderick's are so nice. He's just like, oh, oh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> just like taking this. And also like <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried's co-host was like, he just came like he was doing a Broadway show and came to do the podcast between shows. Like he had a matinee and an evening show, took, <laughs> took a cab over to the studio to squeeze this in as a favor. And then he just gets yelled at for how much of a jerk Ferris Bueller is. Oh, I got to listen to that podcast. It's yeah, great. That's it pretty fun. good. Oh, yeah, man. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Matthew Broderick in general. I don't like him anymore. Like as an adult, 
He creeps me out. Really? It's because he looks like a kid? Yeah, there's something like, he looks like a weird, like, yeah, he looks like a kid who got old, mm. which I guess he is. <laughs> I mean, aren't most of us? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There, there's also a scene where when he's pretending to be Sloane's dad, then he kind of dresses up like, like Inspector, Inspector Gadget. Gadget. Yeah. yeah, which is weird because he plays Inspector Gadget. Gadget. I was noticed that. Too. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I thought something was going to come out of his hat. I anyway. wonder if that's why. Like, if that was in the back of the mind of whoever cast that movie. Yeah, subliminally <laughs> put that idea in there. Okay, well, I think we're reaching the end of the show. Why don't we go around and say if we thought it was rewatchable this time, Blaine? It is, like, of its time, like a lot of the movies that we do are, and it hasn't aged well in a lot of respects. But watching it again, I was I was charmed by Ferris, and I thought, like, a lot of the, the post-credits thing was pretty funny, and the first time I'd ever seen that, and remembering that was the first time I'd ever seen that was oh, kind of like, cool. you're still here? Yeah. Go home! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shoo! Yeah, I really liked that. And there was, um, there was a lot of stuff, because I read the script, because I put it into class I'm teaching and, and I had to read the script and there was a lot of stuff that in the movie they just really amped up in the movie and made better like even Rooney getting shit on the whole movie like him his car getting towed is in the script but then him putting his keys into the car that's great. <laughs> and then it driving away with his keys now is not in the script and that's that's great and so I feel like that's kind of the best you can get from a director is uh, is like you know making this even better, like treating the, the script as a first draft and making it better. And so that was a really good example of that, I think. But I'm gonna say mildly rewatchable. I, I do think it's one of those movies that you can just put on the background and you're like reminded of certain scenes and you're like, yeah, that was great. And you don't have to don't watch it outright. You know, that's what I'd say. What about you? I did not enjoy watching this. Movie. <laughs> no, no, I really didn't. Like the character of Ferris Bueller just irked me like he seemed like a lot of people that i don't like and are probably in high positions of power now or hopefully hopefully dead oh god <laughs> like Jesus. you know like everything washes off him so easily like you just know finally like the other shoe's gonna drop and like something's not gonna wash off him and he's gonna he's gonna fucking pay for it dead or in jail jesus all right and I are think you, there are, are you thinking of specific people in your life. <laughs> this seems so specific. I can think of a few Ferris Bueller's. Okay, okay. <laughs> just watch yourself, Ferris Bueller. Won't let me s- stay in sick. <laughs> and yeah, I think like I think Rob's. I have a fan theory that Rob's Ferris Bueller's are in his head. <laughs> that I think is true. All right, all right. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I think like the whole philosophy of this movie doesn't really feel great at this point of time and like i don't know like it's sort of it's celebrating something which doesn't feel great and yeah i think like just because so much of his personality is just him being a privileged kid who gets off without getting punished for anything it just it just feels like somebody getting away with shit with like a little like ain't i a stinker grin on his face and i don't know i didn't like it so you're jealous i'm very jealous i just want that synthesizer but I do think it's like a good movie. I just don't find it. I ne- I don't want to watch it again. So okay. I'm going to say it's not rewatchable, but wow. I acknowledge that other people have like, you know, there's some funny stuff in there for somebody else. <laughs> okay. What about you, Jam? Yeah, I think I'm kind of caught in between you guys. Yeah. I think there's a lot of great scenes in it. I think it also like, like we were speaking to those scenes with like the museum, like it's got a lot of heart uh, where a lot of other like teen comedies don't. And a lot of like introspection where a lot don't like, it feels like a movie that's actually like trying to, to do something. Uh, it yeah. feels weird. very personal. It's weird though, because the heart is in the relationships really. It's like in their individual kind of journeys. Like it doesn't feel like Sloan and, and Ferris have like a great relate. Like I don't want for them. I don't want them to yeah. be together. I don't I care about them. I think you were them. supposed to, though, because I was reading, like, John Hughes, like, married his high school sweetheart. Yeah. And a lot there's a lot of autobiographical stuff in right. the movie. Though, bizarrely, he named Sloan after, like, a colleague's real teenage daughter who he would routinely call for advice. Okay. About, like, yeah. high school life. There's some conflating stories there. And... I don't know. Like there are certain scenes where that you just can't watch the getting back to the Jeffrey Jones of it all. Yeah. The ending where he gets on the school bus. Yeah. And it just takes, it's just, uh, I know, I know <laughs> it's just yeah. not great. And it's just so long. Of, uh, oh, and then he sits beside that girl. He sits beside a young girl. Yeah. And Although they, her line is great. 
Like, you want great. a gummy bear? It's warm. It's been in my pocket. <laughs> but, <laughs> but knowing his what happened to him, yeah, and just the song choice of just playing that, boom, boom, yeah, for so long. I don't know. It's not the movie's fault. No, no, but I don't know. But it suffers for it. It does, and I, I don't know. There's a lot of fun stuff in it. I think I think it's mildly rewatchable, though. I I do find like. At least at first, I was pretty irked by the Ferris character. I was kind of annoyed by him, but I think I came around once. Uh, I did come around a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I think the movie takes its time in, like, delivering, like, what is the emotional impact. Because for a while, it doesn't say, like, oh, yeah, we're, like, that whole thing about we're moving on. We're going to be going to different schools. Like, we're not going to be able to be friends anymore, probably. Yeah. Um, and I think he needs to be balanced by Cameron. Actually, that's what I'm just realizing now. Is mm. I think as soon as Cameron showed up, he's so far in the other direction that, like, you can see maybe Ferris is even, like, overacting, like, to, you know because of that as a reaction to how down Cameron is. Yeah. So like everything before he showed up, I just found Ferris really annoying. But then Yeah. Yeah. It was it was okay. <laughs> you can see why you can see why you know people people love it. Yeah, for sure. It's but it's a weird movie where the character knows everything and is fine with everything and nothing phases him. That's like yeah. a weird movie. Yeah, he begins the movie with like sometimes you just gotta, you know, take a little yeah enjoy life. And then he ends the movie the same way, in bed. Yeah. Of course, joke's on him. Now that he's played sick, he has to stay in bed from six until whenever he goes to sleep regularly. That's like five hours. Yeah, but in that huge room. Yeah. Sweet room. But also, yeah, like you were saying, like Cameron changes, Jeannie changes. Yeah. A lot of other characters. I guess Rooney, to a certain extent, realizes that he shouldn't break into students houses hopefully <laughs> yeah well okay that's that's uh, ferris bueller's day off uh, let us know what you think you can reach us on twitter at rewatchability uh, facebook.com slash rewatchability we're on apple podcasts and uh, other podcasts platforms so yeah if you want to go on however you listen to the show go on there rate us and review us and always subscribe that's that's a big help yeah and you know Take a day off. Whatever you do. School, work. Stop and smell the flowers. Don't yeah. worry about it. You're a doctor. You're supposed to be performing a heart surgery. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Air traffic controlling stressful, man. You, yeah. you need a breather. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.